Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the MD's Fantasy Football Show with Dan Mader. Giving you the X's and O's of all things fantasy. Do you feel it in the air? Because I do. We are one week away from a full day of football Sunday. And I can not wait. Thank you for tuning in live on our YouTube channel, the MD's Fantasy Football Show. Please subscribe and hit the bell notification to get notified whenever we have new content available to you. You can also stay up to date with the show when you're on the go by downloading us on your favorite podcast app. As always, I'm your host, Dan Mater, and today we are finally in week one. This is Operation Domination, a full preview show of fantasy football and NFL betting across the board. That is what this show is going to be about this year. We're going to be intertwining, helping you win championships and cashing tickets all at the same time. We're talking about our player bets, our team bets, everything in between. Normally, this show is going to be a... Wednesday night at 9.30-ish show. That's normally when the show is going to be. But this week, we have some scheduling conflicts all over the place for week one, as we always do. So that's why we decided to come in here on a Sunday and preview this thing throughout the entire week. Make sure you keep your updates to at BillyUpMDFF show because we'll have player new injury news. We'll have to update. There'll be more player props coming throughout the week. So if you follow me at DanMaterFF, I'm going to be using that more so as my betting channel. Make sure you follow me there, and we'll get you up to date, and we'll get you to catch some tickets on the way. But we're covering a little bit of everything today. One week away from Scott Hansen saying eight hours of commercial-free football starting now. I cannot wait. I'm so excited. Oh, yeah, by the way, Adam LaRue joining the show. Adam, before you tell me how you're doing, I'm so glad you're here. Guys, Adam, you're going to be seeing a lot more of Adam. He's going to be on this show, this episode in particular, probably others, the entire year. Adam, welcome officially to the MD's Fantasy Football Show crew. Yeah, excited. Excited. We got a bunch Great content in store for the rest of the year, and I'm, I'm super excited what, with what we're building over here. Yeah, this is going to be fun. We're going to be engaging with you guys. Make sure you ask those questions when we do go live for the start sets. We'll get to them throughout the show. No problems there. If not, make sure you hit us up again on social media at Show on X and MDFF Show everywhere else. Instagram, Facebook, threads wherever <laughs> it's pretty much everything we are gonna have chase thornton on later on in today's show as well once he's able to get off he's on another show at the moment but for now let's kick this thing off with our first matchup of tonight <laughs> it's 
So we got the Thursday night football game. It's between the Detroit Lions on the road going to the Kansas City Chiefs. And I'm excited for this game for a couple of reasons. Well, one part of it is that one of my home leagues, I got Patrick Mahomes now, so that makes me a little added excitement, of course. Uh, but also, we're going to be kicking off the NFL season with the highest over-under game of the week at 54. The Chiefs are favored at 6.5 points. Now, here's what's interesting, Adam. The Kansas City Chiefs are not very good at covering the spread. They were 7-10 and 10 last year. So as much as they should be a dominant team... The trend is telling you between them being seven and ten and Detroit being twelve and five last year against the spread, this maybe should be Detroit covering. Are you on that board? I think if I had to make a selection here, uh, I, I would be on the Detroit side of things. Um, my one kind of concern is away Detroit hasn't been necessarily quite the same thing as home Detroit, which always gives me a little bit of concern, especially with it being outside. Of course, weather shouldn't be that big of a deal this early in the year, but you know, you just get unlucky with a windy day and suddenly Jared Goff passes are going crazy. So I would lean towards uh, Detroit covering, but this isn't a bet that I'm personally making. Yeah. It's a tight window. First of all, you got two defenses that are terrible. And without Chris Jones of Kansas City, I don't even know if they have a pass rush, period. So, And I don't think Chris Jones is going to play at this point. It's a Thursday night game. Right. They still don't have him in the building. So uh, he's pretty much done for week one as far as I'm concerned. Agreed. That that sets everything up for this game to be the shootout that we're all expecting it to be. So the money to me, the value is not on betting for either Detroit or Kansas City, given Detroit's rows on the road. The money is the over-under. Because you got two defenses that are crap, two offenses that are high paced to put up a bunch of points. You have these two teams that last year Kansas City's put up 29 points a game. Detroit was putting up 26, almost 27 points a game. Yes, I expect this to hit the over, and I'm cashing that at 54. Adam, you with me there? Yep, like it, like it. All right, so now that we got our bet for this game, let's talk about the fantasy football side of things because now we have the over under, and we're going over. That, gives, that sets you up for the game flow. That's why we're intertwining it this year the way that we are. Because using Vegas lines to set up the expected game script of that game can help you a lot with your fantasy football expectations. And that's why our expectations for these guys should be through the roof. Patrick Holmes, of course, my number one quarterback this week, the ECR. Number one quarterback, no big surprise there. His big player prop on the week, 299 and a half passing yards so basically he has to throw over 300 yards in order for him to pay out so where are you at with Patrick Mahomes going over the 300 yard mark because essentially it's what he would need to get do you have anybody ranked ahead of Patrick Mahomes for week one uh the 300 is tough I do I mean it's a good line uh definitely I do have him the one um if I was to bet on it I feel like over is probably where my head would be um, but yeah, he, I think the receivers here are much more interesting on the player prop side of things than, uh, him specifically for me. Yeah, no, I, I can see that. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about that a little bit, but I will say this, you know, Detroit was 32nd in fantasy points allowed to the quarterback last year. So that's a big reason why he's ranked number one and he's going to start for you no matter what. So that's not really the analysis there, but not counting the last game of the year where they didn't really play everybody the entire game anyway. Mahomes has actually gone over the 300-yard mark nine of his last 11 games, which I thought was shocking because that's a big – as great as Patrick Mahomes is and as great as that passing offense is, it's a high mark to be hitting that consistently. And when I also think about Mahomes, I also think to myself, 
there's no way in good conscience I could ever bet the under on a Patrick Mahomes in Detroit, right? Right, right. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm going to go ahead. I'm hitting the over on that, too. All right, so let's talk Jared Goff. Now, this one's a little bit more interesting from a fantasy standpoint, right? Because he's somebody that you drafted probably as a late streamer. Maybe you drafted him as a QB, too. And he's going to be knocking on the door this week of whether or not he should be a top 12 quarterback. Now, I have him ranked at 13th. The ECR also has him at 13th. So I'll be right outside that top 12. Adam, would you start Jared Goff this week as a top 12 guy? Or is he just outside that mark for you as well? I mean, it's all dependent on what your options are, right? But I'll I'll phrase it this way. Say I drafted Jared Goff and Anthony Richardson, which would be a very sensical combination to have, right? You get your your high upside guy in Richardson, and then you get your Goff uh, to kind of, you know, keep yourself safe. I would be starting Jared Goff this week if if that was my situation. Uh, Or if it was, you know, someone similar, you could replace, uh, you know, Richardson with with any of the other rookies or anyone who you maybe has a higher upside uh, season long, but uh, you know you want to wait out a week a Russell Wilson a Stafford someone like that I'd be playing golf this week. I like that answer a lot because you point out the fact that Richardson was drafted as a top 12 quarterback, which means a guy like a Jared Goff or someone in that same tier was probably drafted to back him up, and you can't really start Richardson week one. One of the reasons why I didn't have Richardson ranked as high as most people did either, but that's a great point. I do still have him at 13th, so I have him just outside, but he is knocking on that door. Kansas City, 30th in fantasy points allowed to the quarterback last year. So this is the matchup that you want. Here's the only issue. And this is where we get into the player prop of Jared Goff. 254 passing yards over under for him heading into this game. And that sounds like you want to crush the over on that, given that how high of scoring this game we expect it to be and how everybody else expects it to be. But he actually only went over that mark, that 254.5 passing yard mark, twice on the road last year. And it didn't matter who they were playing. It was They played teams like Chicago, who were absolutely awful. And it did not matter. If it was on the road, it was just difficult for him to do it. So I'm staying away from the bet because I can't tell you good conscience in a game that's scripted out this way to say bet under on Jared Goff. But I don't have a good reason for you to bet the over given the recent trends and recent problems they've had on the road, too. And I think that goes back to his fantasy flow of why he's on that bubble between 12 and 13. Uh, let's talk about Jameer Gibbs. This has been a big topic of conversation. Where should he fall? There's some people who are through the roof on Jameer Gibbs who think he's just going to be like Barry Sanders reincarnate, apparently. You're wearing the Calvin Johnson jersey, so you might be able to help us out with this one. But there's other people like me who recognize that David Montgomery is going to have a significant role in my estimation. My rank of him is 20th, RB20. The ECR is a little bit stronger there at RB16. What do you think about Jameer Gibbs heading into this week? Where does he fall for you? He's not someone that I am uh, attempting to plug and play or to bet on this week. I mean, if I get a crazy good value on the line, of course, that makes things different. But, um, you know, he, that, that's not a spot that I'm looking, searching for a bet on. I don't particularly particularly like to, uh, you know, make observations like that with rookies or with guys coming off of injuries immediately. Um, so for him, I'm just staying away this week. Uh, my guess is that you are correct. David Montgomery is going to uh, take the bulk here. I kind of see it as uh, how we saw Swift open last year, which was some games, great, you get the 10 to 15. Some games you kind of get left uh, in the dirt. And you have your 5 to 10. 
Um, that's kind of where I see Gibbs starting the year is how Swift started last year pre-injury. Yeah, which is a guy that only got over double-digit carries a handful of times last season. Jameer Gibbs is going to have a big effect in the passing game. There's no doubt about it. But I think the fact that Vegas right now, and these player props are probably going to get updated as we get closer to these games, but right now, his his rushing yard prop is only 30 and a half yards. And I think Vegas is telling you straight up, they don't expect him to be the main ball carrier to give you some kind of indication there. Now, as far as that prop in and of itself uh, is attempting to smash the over, yes, it is. Because with a guy like Jameer Gibbs in a matchup like this, it might only take one run to smash the over. I am going to say, the I do think that is too good of a value. I am going to go ahead and hit the over myself on this one. But I would like to point out that I wouldn't be surprised if Jameer Gibbs only gets seven or eight carries as well. If he only gets four yards to carry on that, he might fall short. But that's a little too low for me not to go after. Uh, last year, Kansas City, 11th fantasy points allowed to the running backs. They didn't give up as many fantasy points to the running backs as you would necessarily think. But I do believe with Amon Ross St. Brown and then the question of, is it Sam Laporta? Is it Josh Reynolds? Are these Who's the second target guy? I think that has to lead to Jameer Gibbs being pretty confidently in there. But I do think he loses value on his touchdown ceiling because of David Montgomery assuming that role, which is why, again, I have him at 20. Talk to me about David Montgomery, because then on the flip side, if I'm that low on Gibbs, then obviously I'm higher on Montgomery than the ECR is. I got him ranked at RB18. ECR has him at 24. Ultimately, we're still both telling you that it's well an RB2, but I think he's got a little more upside than just a back-end RB2. What do you think, Adam? I mean, look, if if things move kind of similarly to last year, he could be a touchdown machine. Uh, he's someone that I think they're going to have to heavily rely on, especially these away games, especially when, you know, late in the year, you know, you go outside, you're playing away uh, in Chicago, for instance, right? It, it, the weather starts to become a factor. He's going to be the type of player that has to be heavily relied on. Uh, and then for this week in particular, the running back competition is a rookie. This is an away game. That's why we're a little bit concerned about Goff. I think this is a really good spot for a, a David Montgomery to have a big game. Cause I, I mean, to me personally, I know the stats haven't really shown that. Uh, but to me, I think David Montgomery is a better runner than uh, Jamal was last year. And Jamal was a pretty good fantasy app for most of the time. I like it a lot. I agree 100% with everything you just said. And let's, let's take it to another level here. Player plot prize. 46 and a half rushing yards right now, which is a joke. I, I, I know there's some uncertainty as far as what the split's going to be, but that's value right there because all he needs is 15 carries. I expect Montgomery to get at least 15 carries at four yards a carry. That puts him immediately over the 46 and a half mark. And this is my first lock of in. It's a lock. lock of the week for our bets this week. So Dave Montgomery, make sure he's in your lineups and win some cash on him too. Now, here's a guy that I'm a little more concerned about, and that's Isaiah Pacheco. Now, he did get back in practice towards the later half of training camp, dealing kind of with the shoulder, the expectation he's going to be the number one guy. There is still a part of me that thinks Clyde Edwards-Alaire, even though he's the third-string running back and he was losing his job before he got injured, is going to be annoying enough to make you want to pull your hair out as a fantasy football owner of Pacheco. That's just me. I love I love rooting for the guy. I love the way he runs. But it also recognizes a guy that will put himself in a situation where shoulder injuries are going to be a problem because of the way he runs, because he runs as high as he does. My rank of him is 26 against the ECR having a 23. So I'm more of an RB3 where ECR is telling you to start him in your lineups. 
I also don't know how involved in the passing game he's really going to be. And the Chiefs like to go shotgun quite a bit. Why do you think Jeremy McKinnon was such a thing last year, even as a scat back in the red zone? His touchdown rate was freaking ridiculous because of the way they'll go shotgun in there. So uh, there are some limitations, in my opinion, to the ceiling of Isaiah Pacheco. Are you as concerned as I am or not so much? Uh, and it's it's so splitting hairs because, uh, yes, that is the difference between a two and a three, but it's by a couple spots. I think I would lean towards uh, maybe the, the low end two, but we're talking a super, super low end two, and it, it's on the fringes either way. Um, yeah, I, I just think the offense provides him with enough opportunities. This defense will provide him with enough opportunities, uh, and he is a really good runner. So I'm just kind of confident uh, in his ability to make a play somewhere. I, I think it's a similar thing with Montgomery, that I, I expect him to somewhere or another get to – ballpark 13 carries maybe a one or two less maybe one or two more hit 15 uh and i think that'll be fine just within the context of this offense versus this defense no you know and that's fair and you know what if it is mostly pacheco and jerry mckinnon well guess what he's hit the over mark on that 53 and a half eight of his last nine games so that's a good enough trend where i have to say go ahead and cash that in too and we'll put we'll place a shekel on that as well let's talk about jerry mckinnon I got him ranked at RB 35, just inside the top 36, suggesting that Jeremy McKinnon can, especially in full point PPR, be a flex option for you. ECR has him at 42, so they're pretty much having him on the bench. His player props only 15 and a half rushing yards. That I'm going nowhere near. That's why I'm just throwing it out there because McKinnon's the type of guy, he might only be involved in the passing game. We have no idea. But when I look at McKinnon, all reports has been that he's maintaining his passing down role which I thought was kind of interesting. Let's take a step back. Think about the offseason that Jeremy McKinnon had. The Chiefs were not overly eager to bring him back, except for the fact that, well, they still need a pass catching back, and uh, no one else went after Jeremy McKinnon. So they were able to bring him back on the cheap. But that wasn't something they necessarily were making a priority to have McKinnon back on this team. So I thought that was a little bit curious, and that kind of feeds into my whole, maybe Clyde Edwards-Lair is annoying enough to destroy McKinnon and Pacheco's ceiling fantasy-wise to some degree. But at the same time, like I've laid out, this game, this game scripts is going to be so high with the passing volume going to be there. And knowing Pacheco is not going to be that guy, if Clarence is not going to be involved that much, McKinnon, I think, should be a flex consideration. What do you say? Yeah, I, I think that's a good call. Flex consideration. He's not someone I'm locking into my flex spot. Um, but if I, maybe I have a, a top-heavy roster or am I playing in a, you know, a three-flex league or or a, a dynasty, for example, where maybe things, you know, the bottom of your flex is a little weird. Uh, Jarek McKinnon is the type of guy that I'm looking for in those situations. Um, say in a 10 team with two flex spots, he's not probably not playing in my lineups. But uh, I, I think he is kind of right on that cusp where he's one of those names that in any situation you're, you're at least, you know, is in the conversation in the back of your mind. Uh, and he is someone who, you know, you've beginning of the season, Promos are going to be all over the place. If you find anything on an anytime touchdown, it may be not the best option in this, this game. We'll get to him a little bit later, but up there. 
Yeah, well, uh, the odds on a Jerry McKinnon anytime touchdown, that's worth throwing a, at least a quarter shekel on there, too, because there'll be pretty good odds on those. Uh, let's move to the wide receivers of this matchup. The Amon Ross St. Brown, the guys some people are taking a huge shot on right now. Like in, in some of these uh, NFFPC drafts right now, these high-stake players, they're taking Amon Bra- Bra- Brown as, as, like, as high as like their third receiver off the board behind Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. That's how insane it's getting right now with Amon Ross St. Brown and the love for him at the moment. I got him ranked. I'm feeling a little bit too. I got him ranked at number five this week. And again, my rankings are based on the half point PPR. You'll find it over at Fantasy Pros and you find him listed out at the Billy of Fantasy website. ECR has him at seven. So I'm a little bit more aggressive. There's nobody to share the ball with. I just laid it out for you. Maybe Sam Laporta gets involved. Maybe Josh Reynolds gets involved. I do know Amon Ross St. Brown's going to get more than 10 targets in this game, though, and what we expect to be a high-scoring game. His player prop, by the way, 76.5 receiving yards. Where the Kansas City Chiefs, 17th in yards allowed and 26 in fantasy points allowed to the wide receivers last year. I will lay this out. St. Brown, technically speaking, right now was under the last five regular season games on that mark. But I think he comes out of the season, comes out of the gate, starting much stronger this time. So I'm taking the over, and I'm on Raw St. Brown's the top five for me. What do you think? Yeah, I, I'm with you. Uh, I, I think this is one of those games, again, there's just so many uncertainties here. I mean, we can go through it. Uh, Marvin Jones has never played with Jared Goff before, so returning to Detroit, but you know they don't have that uh, relationship. Reynolds does. He's just a guy. Denzel Mims is new this offseason. David Montgomery is new this offseason. Jameer Gibbs is new this offseason and a rookie. Same with Laporta. Your really only constant is Amon Ross St. Brown. So to start off for the season, I feel like he's the entire focal point of the offense. You've got two guys who have experience in this system with Jared Goff before. And again, Reynolds is, I mean, there's something to be said about their chemistry, but Reynolds is just a guy. So. To me, it's it's Amon Ross St. Brown is going to have an incredible situation this week. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Let's welcome Chris Dowhower to the show. Chris, thanks for joining us. How you doing? Doing pretty good. Have Excited to join the show. Happy to see Adam here. Uh, bringing the whole crew back together. <laughs> Yes, we are. We're going to get chased in a few minutes, too. All right, Chris, let's go to you. We're talking wide receivers for the upcoming Thursday night game. We got Kadarius Tony, who suddenly looks like he's going to play. Now, I have him ranked at wide receiver 46. That happens to be in line dead on with the ECR. Are you going to take a shot on Tony in your flex position week one? I would not. Um, I, I think this is the guy that you're only going to play in basketball if you're going to play him this week. Um, this is a guy that I do not have excitement. You know, he's basically had what two practices this past summer. Um, he's played three games the last two years. Uh, I would just be petrified that you stick him out there and within you know a, a play or two he could pull something. Something gets tight. I would not trust this, uh, especially week one. You don't want to start off 0-1 because you played a guy who gives you goose egg. Yeah, that's the correct answer right there. This guy has not been on the field enough. The next thing I want to talk about, Sky Moore, he's been practicing with the ones with two receiver sets, which was the big question on Sky Moore. Would you actually be out there when there's only two receivers? As, as little of the time as there actually only is two receivers on the field for the Kansas City Chiefs, let's, let's be real about that too. But yeah, I've been big on Sky Moore, and it should become as no surprise to anyone that he is – 
my wide receiver 32 and 20 spots ahead of ECR right now at wide receiver 52. Now, maybe that catches up throughout the week. I don't know. That seems drastically low for a guy that we know is going to be starting for the Kansas City Chiefs in a game like this. But I'm plugging Sky Moore as a wide receiver three, at the very least a flex play as a no-brainer in your lineups this week, especially against the Detroit Lions. What say you, Adam? He's not someone who I was super high on coming out of the draft. He's not someone who, you know, I'm the biggest fan of in the world, but in this situation, I mean, at the very least, I would be above ECR. Uh, 32 maybe gets a bit rich for my blood, but I think he's a very, very playable player at this point uh, and and at the value you're getting him at right now. Um, So, yeah, I'm definitely most of the way with you. Yeah, uh, here's another one. Is my second lock him in of the year. Sky Moore over 38 and a half receiving yards. Lock him in. It's a lock. Target's going to go there. Chase, welcome to the show, my friend. How are you doing tonight? We're doing all right. I am uh, not coming to you from the Mountain Bailey Basement Bar as per usual. I'm actually in Appleton, Wisconsin right now for uh, my home league draft. It'll happen tomorrow. We always do it on Memorial uh, Memorial Day weekend um, or Labor Day weekend Monday. So we we Every year, we've done it for about 25 years now. This is where I went to college here in town. So, yeah, I'm uh, I'm traveling. I've got a little bit of travel in my voice. I, I went to bed about 4 o'clock last night before I woke up for the for the game this morning at 10. So <laughs> Labor Day weekend, full force. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Hey, we got a question. Jason, we'll, bring, we'll just have you answer this question, too, since we brought you in. Richard Hernandez, he needs a flex, man. He's got a half-point PPR league. Who should he start, Brandon Cooks or Mike Evans this week? I like this question there, Richard. Uh, for me, I'm going Mike Evans. I'm, I know that I think that Brandon Cooks is going to catch more passes than the typical number two that we've seen in uh, Dallas lately. But uh, I, I just I like Evans. I think that that he's gone eight eight straight years at nine straight years with a, a thousand yard receiving. He's going to catch touchdowns. He's still the red zone threat for that team. Kate Otten is a fine player. I'm sure his mother loves him, but I don't think he's going to take anything away from Mike Evans down there in the red zone. And I think that Godwin being healthier longer bodes well for Evans. I'm big on him this year and this week. I'm willing to bet more on that upside than on Brandon Cook's first game with his new team suddenly be a PPR blowout. Yeah, I mean, it's it, it, they're lucky they play the Minnesota Vikings. Let's put it that way. Ooh, I, Brandon yeah. Cooks at, at wide receiver 39. Mike Evans at wide receiver 29. So, yes, I would have to go with Mike Evans on that as well. All right, so we talked about uh, Sky Moore. We, MVS, if you want to take a shot on MVS on DFS, he's $5,400. Sure, we know it only takes one play with him, but I got him right there, wide receiver 64. Does anybody on this panel have MVS as somebody you want to play in your flex, in your redraft leagues right now? On week one, when everybody's available, good. All right, the panel says no. I like that. Good. Let's move on. I do want to talk about Josh Reynolds here. Josh Reynolds is my wide receiver 53. Normally speaking, I wouldn't want to take the time out to talk about a guy I have ranked at wide receiver 53. But I do think, one, you have to play him on DFS right now. You have to play him, especially with DraftKings. He's $2,800 if we're going to do the showdown this week for Thursday Night Football. We're talking this whole night about somebody else is going to have to step up as that volume two wide receiver. It should be Josh Reynolds. What say you, Chris? Do we have Chris? Is he just actually looking at us handsomely and not actually being able to respond? <laughs> no. Um, I, I like Josh Reynolds a lot. I think that he has the potential of a guy that you want to put in your lineup. Uh, um, I look at him as a player that 
I wouldn't be super confident putting him in my lap this week. I, I hear what you're saying. There's going to be a second player that needs to step, step up for the Detroit offense. Who's that going to be? I tend to think it's going to be the running backs. We also know Jared Goff doesn't do so well on the road typically. So this is his first game ever in Arrowhead Stadium in Kansas City. Um, I'm not going to necessarily run Josh Reynolds out there in my lineup this week if I can avoid doing so. Breaking news. So again, we're recording this Sunday night, and uh, Jonathan Gannon has just finally announced that Clayton Tune is going to be the starting quarterback of the Arizona Cardinals week one. So they finally have their starting quarterback. They are going to give the kid a shot. I thought that was the right move to begin with because we already know what Josh Dobbs is, and clearly you're tanking anyway, so what the hell does it matter to you, Arizona? Uh, so there you go. Clayton Tune will be the starting quarterback. We'll get to that game a little bit later on in the show. Well, let's talk about the tight ends. Travis Kelsey. Um, let me let me think. Uh, yeah, he, I, uh, yeah, I think he's my number one. Yep, yep, I think that's pretty much a safe bet. He's my number one tight end on the week. Let's talk about his player prop. It's 78 and a half receiving yards. Detroit allowed only 13th in receiving yards allowed last year to the tight ends. However, Travis Kelsey is definitely a different monster. I will say this, though. Last eight games, Travis Kelsey's been over and under four and four of those of that mark there. So not maybe as much of a gimme as you would think, but I just feel like the Chiefs open up strong. So I'm going to say you can hit the over on Travis Kelsey. Chase, what you say? Uh, it's Travis Kelsey. It's opening night. He's going to be amped. They're they're going to be amped. And he's he's going to be the continue to be the best receiver on that team period, regardless of position next to his name in the program. He's going to continue to be that until he proves to us and shows us otherwise. Um, Detroit's defense is something I'm a little bit less than, than confident in. So I like Kelsey to, to, I mean, go off just as you always like him to go off. It's betting against that. That's the bad call. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. What about Sam Laporta, Adam, help me out with this one. I do have him a little bit higher than the ECR. They got him at 18. I got him at 14. Again, kind of going off the idea that somebody has to catch the volume. He is going to be the starting tight end. He is a little bit of a mismatch for a bad defense against the middle of the field to begin with. So I'm still not saying you start him in 12 man league. Cause obviously I still have him at 14, but would you be willing to roll the dice on him? If you had him and let's say maybe, you know, another, you draft another tight end to the ride, the hot hand or play it matchup wise. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it would of course depend on the specific situation. Um, but if you find someone a little bit lower down then yeah, I, I would be willing to play him, but Again, kind of as I mentioned earlier, I, I try to avoid playing rookies in their first game. I try to avoid, uh, you know, guys who are coming off an injury or something playing in their first game. So he's not someone that I'm trying to play. But if I'm forced into that situation, I'm forced into that situation. Oof, there was a lot of fantasy action right away in that Thursday night game. I can't wait. Let's get to our next.